Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Uh, just going to jump right in, but the, the heart of this series really started last week, and I hope if you weren't here, you get to watch it on YouTube. We talked about what is the good news? What is it? And um, just defining it simply for you so that you can step into it, because how many know the confused mind says no, right? Like, if you don't know, you're just like, the answer is no. Like, am I going to share it? Well, I don't even know what I'm sharing. So last week was so vital and pivotal, and I know everybody can't make it every week, so I want to entreat you. Please go watch that. It's going to be good for you. Uh, But today we're going to jump into part two, and we're going to talk about some of our how. How can we do the work? Before I do that, though, I do, uh, we have so many things happening today. We're trying to break it up in a way that you can, like, digest it. But there's so many things happening in one day. We just decided November 12th is the day we do all the things, all the things at one time. Um, <laughs> it's not normal. Uh, we just, you know, it's okay. Uh, t- later today, our beloved Heather Jones is being ordained at the 1115 gathering. Yes. And she's, going, she's being set in place uh, in a new role as our interim worship and prayer department leader. So she's going to be coordinating the band and the worship team, our prayer meetings on Thursday, liaising with the Glory Soaking Nights, all that stuff. So I just want to announce that to all of you because you may not be here later. You probably won't be because you're here now. And I want to just have you invite, invite you into praying for her and celebrating her. She's such a gift. She's been working diligently behind the scenes uh, with our executive team. She's also been serving faithfully at South Tampa for over a year. So the way we do it around here is we license people who lead key ministries for a year, and we watch them. We license them with a certificate, and we just say, hey, this is legit, but before we bring you on stage and wash your feet in front of everybody, we want to see, are you faithful, you know, in the, in the hiddenness a little bit, right? And so she's proved herself extremely faithful. We're so grateful for you, Heather. Anybody who knows her loves her. If you don't like Heather, it's you, not her, all right? So just newsflash, you need to go get some inner healing. Amen. So <laughs> you're amazing, Heather, and we love you. Give it up for Heather one more time. She's incredible. She's been a big part of sharing the good news in this, in this series. We want to just give you the bottom line. The whole point is that everyone here, every believer is called to share the good news in their own way. Nobody is out of it. We can't give that excuse of, oh, I'm just not an evangelist because Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 5 that we are to do the work of an evangelist. He didn't say, go become an evangelist. He said, do the work of an evangelist. And we feel that is a call for us as well. How many of you, you know, understand that just because you're not in the office or the calling of an evangelist, you're still called to share about Jesus. Amen? Every single one of us is called to share our faith. The problem is many of us have a restricted construct. We have a very specific box that that goes in that it looks like this. It looks one way. And so it keeps a lot of us from doing it. But we talked about this last week that it's a body ministry. If everyone's called to do it and every part of us, we're all different parts of the body, then there's different ways of doing it. Not everyone is the hand. But that's how most people think of, like, outreach. They think the hand, the one who reaches and grabs them, and they, you know, they say a prayer that's not in the Bible, and they, they meet Jesus, and they, you know, they confess, and they cry, and all that stuff, right? They, we all think it's the one way. It's like going out, which is good. That's a way, and that's good. Amen? 
But how many of you are wired that way? Not, not every single one of you are wired that way. Can I get an amen from all the quiet people? Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, some of us are the elbow. Some of us are the shoulder. Some of us are the rib cage. Like, there's, it's a body ministry, but you have a part to play in doing the work of an evangelist, okay? So that's the whole point of this series, and today is all about how, some ways that we can do that. Uh, next week, we're going to end this series with our resident evangelist. Uh, Pastor Abraham is actually going to bring this series to a close. He's a prophet evangelist, and he's amazing, and he's just going to blow you up with testimonies and stories and preaching from the Word next week. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. I do want you to pray for all of our men next week that are going to rewrite the story up in Tennessee. We have about six guys going. I'm going as well, so I won't be with you next week, but they're going up, and we're just going to encounter Jesus together. It's going to be powerful, and Abraham's going to be doing a great job here. So, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch it. So the principle today is everyone has their own way of doing the work. We understand that. But here's the question. Are we actually working? And are we expecting God to bring the harvest? Or are we expecting us to be the reason for the harvest? Are we actually working and expecting God to bring the harvest? Those are very specific things. And today I want to just give you one very powerful thing that every believer can do right at the beginning here. Everything, every one of you can do one specific thing as the work of an evangelist. You can pray. Amen? I mean, you can pray that the lost will be found. Amen? You can pray that people would come to know Jesus. And so I want to give you a very practical way to do that. I want to invite you into something that a few of us on leadership have already been doing. We were actually uh, asked to do this by uh, Pastor David Oates, who leads Seaglass Church at uh, the Align and Unite Conference a couple weeks or months ago. And it's simple, and I want to invite all of you to do this for all, starting now, all the way through year 2024, okay? I want you to set an alarm on your phone. I have one on mine, one for 8.30 a.m. and one for 8.13 a.m., sorry, and 8.13 p.m. And what we're going to do is at 8.13 in the morning and 8.13 at night, everywhere we are, we're going to pray for the 813. We're going to pray for everyone in the 813 area for an entire year, and we're going to watch God bring a harvest, Amen. Come on. Anybody going to do it? Okay, it'd be good. So uh, you set aside, it just it can vibrate, and it'll remind you. When my pocket goes off in the morning, I know what it is. I just press stop, and I start praying. But here's the prayer. Are you ready? You don't even have to think of what to pray. I'm going to tell you what to pray. You can pray other things, but I'm trying to help you here, all right? Yeah, you can go ahead and set an alarm on your phone. I see some of you, like, trying to hide your phone. Like, yeah. yeah, you can be on your phone in church. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. All right, here's what you can pray. Are you ready? For an entire year, our church is going to pray this twice a day. Let one million come to know Jesus this year and use me to reach one. Let one million come to know you, Lord, and use me to reach one. Can you pray that? Dare you pray that? Right? Come on. It's not just let a million come to know you. No, use me to reach one. Let one million come to know you this year and use me to reach one. Come on. How powerful would it be? For a million people to come to know Jesus in Tampa Bay in one year time. How amazing would that be? What would our society look like, really? What would happen if they truly encountered Jesus like you and I have? Like something would change, right? <laughs> you can do this work. Anyone can do this work. You don't even have to talk to people. You can just pray. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, this is good. I don't have to talk to anyone. You can talk to Jesus about the people. It's totally legal. Amen? At the very least, every single one of us can do that, right? Come on. 
So this is, this is part of um, the posture here. It's a verse in Proverbs 21. I want you to understand the victory of the harvest belongs to the Lord. The victory of the harvest belongs to the Lord. And this is why we can do simple things like pray and trust God by faith. Proverbs 21, 31 says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Okay? Isn't that good news? That it's actually up to him to win, right? And he's already won. You and I just prepare the horse for battle. And in the context of evangelism, that can look like prayer. You know, you can saddle that thing in prayer. You can, you know, cinch it up. You can, I don't know. Walk it around the yard a couple times. Get it ready. I don't know. Like maybe do your prayer walk around the neighborhood and imagine you're taking a horse with you. I don't know. Apply it in your own way. But the concept is this. We have a part to play in the victory, but the victory is not ours. And that's good news. Because if it was up to you to win the victory, that's a lot of pressure. And a lot of times people approach evangelism like it is up to you. Ooh, if I don't get them to say the prayer, they might go to hell. Ah, you know. I keep saying it, but that prayer is not in the Bible. Jesus never had anyone pray a prayer. Neither did Paul. Neither did Peter. Neither, you can't find it. What did they do? They led them to Jesus. They had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus changed them from the inside out. So your whole job is to just lead them to Jesus and let him figure them out. Amen? And that can look as simple as praying, Lord, let one million come to know you and use me to reach one. Come on. 8.13 in the morning. If I'm around you at 8.13 and your pocket doesn't go off, I'm going to look at you and scowl. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a joke. It's like, don't hang out with Caleb between 8 and 9. <laughs> no. No, if you're around each other, your families, and you're, you know, that it's an opportunity. Like, hey, everybody, let's pray. Let's do it. Let's do the thing. Let's pray. And let's let God bring the harvest. Amen? So are we preparing the horse for battle? How can each one of us do it? How are we all called to do it? Is there more than one way to do it? I'm so glad you're asking these questions this morning. Great questions. Here's the truth. According to 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8, we are just co-laborers in the field. That's all we are. We're simply co-laborers in the field. Paul is writing and he says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Apollos is another preacher in that day. Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Say this with me. God gave the growth. The victory belongs to the Lord, right? So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. He's saying it's the body working together, one body, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Now, how amazing is this? God brings the increase but rewards you as if you brought it. Come on. That's a good deal. That's pretty awesome, right? So one plants, one waters. You might be planting seeds by asking them, asking someone, hey, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can pray for you? Can I pray for you for anything? That could be a seed, you know? I, there are ministries that measure the wrong things, in my opinion, okay? We measure public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. We measure today in that tank. That's what we measure. Because it's what they counted in the Bible. So it's what we count today. I just A lot of people count a lot of things. I don't count raise your hand and say a prayer. I don't count it. Not saying it doesn't count. I'm saying I don't count it. I want to see the public confession of faith. I want somebody in America to be willing to get wet head to toe at church. You know what I mean? Like that's like a sacrifice, right? I mean, it's the prophetic picture of dying with him and being raised with him. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's next gathering. But... 
The point is, you might be simply sowing seed. You might be simply watering. You are never bringing the growth. I want this to take the pressure off of evangelism for you. Has anybody ever felt pressured to make sure they pray the prayer or to make sure you, you actually save them from hell? Here's the good news. You don't save anybody. You never have. You never will. Hallelujah. That's great news. I feel better already. I don't know about you. Like, that's amazing. It's him. The victory belongs to the Lord. The growth is from God. Here's just a one-liner you should remember forever. Success in the kingdom is measured by obedience, not results. Success in the kingdom of God is measured by obedience, not results. The one who sows, the one who waters, they're not on the hook for the harvest. The, the, they're, they're just farmhands, co-laborers in the field. The, the owner of the vineyard isn't going, oh, man, you, you sowed. You, the way you sowed made it wrong. You did. You broke it by the way you sowed. You know how they sowed seed back then? They just threw it on the ground. They just threw it. Just seed. A farmer goes out to sow seed. Jesus said some falls on this soil, some falls on that soil. Some is choked out by the weeds. Some burns up in the sun. It's just like indiscriminate seed chucking, you know, like just like whoop, 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 throwing seed everywhere. That's all it is. And then somebody comes around and waters it. And Jesus in that other parable even doesn't seem concerned with the, the state of the soil. Just throw seed everywhere. Throw it in the shallow. Throw it in the, the rocky. Throw it everywhere. That's how you sow seed. And we're like, oh, I got to make sure I find some good soil for my seed. What is that? That's Western churchianity. That is not Christianity. Okay? So just stop it. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to relieve the false burdens that the church has put on you. Could you just go be kind to someone today? That's sowing and watering. Let God bring the growth. Invite them to church. That's sowing and watering. They might go to another church. Oh, no. But just because you invited them to church, they're like, you know what, maybe I will go to church. So there's one closer to my house, and they go there, and they have an encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah. God brings the growth. We get it way backwards. We get so pressured by false paradigms of it's on us. And it is up to us to sow and to water, but it's not up to us to see the result. Success in the kingdom is measured by obedience, not results. Did you obey the Lord? Did you do what he told you to do? You're walking by that person at Walmart, and you get a little prompting in your heart. Just ask them how they're doing. Did you do that? Did you stop for the one person in front of you? Did you go, hey, are you okay? I know this is weird, but, like, I'm trying to learn to hear the voice of God. Are you doing all right? Is there anything I can pray for you? I just felt in my heart to ask you that. You know how powerful that is for some people? People, like, somebody cared enough to stop on the way between, you know, the toilet paper and the other stuff they're buying. They cared enough to look me in the eye and say, how are you? Are you all right? And mean it. Not, hey, how are you doing, like we do and just don't mean it at church. You know, like, how are you doing? We walk past each other. Good, great, yeah. We just lie to each other and then walk on like, you know, it's, sorry. I'm a little tired, so filters are hard right now for me. <laughs> I just got a fist bump for that. It's a pump, pump. All right. I'll try to be kind. All right. We should not be concerned with the results of our works, only whether or not we are working for the harvest to come in. Did you hear what I just said? We should not be concerned with the results of our work, only concerned with whether or not we're working for the harvest. God will bring the increase. This is good news. Here's another good news truth. The harvest is absolutely ready. It's ready right now, okay? John 4, 35 through 38, in the Passion Translation, Jesus, just after he uh, 
He had met the lady at the well. Her name's Potini. You should look her up. She was the first citywide evangelist. The first city-reaching evangelist was a woman. Hello? She went in and brought the whole city to Jesus. Hello? Because she had an encounter with him. She went in and brought them out. And it picks up the story. It says, as the crowds emerged from the village, because one lady had an encounter with the Lord and was loud about it and brought a whole village, a whole town to Jesus. It says, as the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus says to his disciples, why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time. And I'm saying to you, now is harvest time. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come on. So there are people shouting that 2024 is the year of the harvest. And I agree. But guess what? So is 2023 and 2025 and 2026 until the Lord returns. It's the year of the harvest. Now is the harvest time for their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a spiritual harvest. And everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. You get a reward even though it's not your fault. I love this plan. This is awesome. Where does this happen? Anywhere else. Nowhere else. Only in the kingdom. Everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. And those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. Come on. That's why we throw a party when they get baptized. That's why the band gets loud and we celebrate and we cheer. We're reaping with joy. And this confirms the saying, he goes on. One sows a seed and another reaps the harvest. I have sent you out to harvest a field that you haven't planted, where many others have labored long and hard before you. And now you are privileged to profit from their labors and reap the harvest. And that's true of us as well. There has been many touch points. Someone that you lead to the Lord has already been led to the Lord in their life. Are you with me? Like, we also, we need to take off the false pressure and we need to take off the false credit. <laughs> I let them to the Lord. No, you, you, that joker had 10 touch points with Jesus before he met you, before he even knew your name. All right? Jesus is coming after his kids every day, with or without you. So you labor in a field that you did not plant. So stop taking credit as if you, you labored the whole way through, like you planted the field, you watered it, and you brought the increase, and you reaped the harvest. No. No. That's, this is good news, y'all. The harvest is absolutely ready. I, I got to um, quote my friend, pastor, evangelist, prophet, Bishop Abraham Villanueva here. All right? <clears throat> he said this at a love reach, and it stuck with me forever. He said, the harvest will never fight you. If it's ready to be picked, it'll just come right off the vine. The harvest will never fight you. So, you know, if you're like, trying to take an apple off the vine, and you're like taking the whole branch with it, it's not ready. Do you know that? That's how it works, right? But if it's ready, it can be harvested. So it actually should be easy. So how many easy harvest moments are we missing because we think it's all on us, and we're trying to pull people into something they're not ready for? I've literally stood on this stage and convinced people to sit down from an altar call, because I had a word of knowledge in my heart that they came up pressured by someone else. I literally said, I, I waited. Some of you were there. I waited until the dude sat down. You're like, why would you do that? I'm like, I'm not going to shake the whole branch and pull it down and have a false moment of conversion and lie to this guy that he's saved. He's not. Are you okay? I know this is like totally opposite culture. Like, why not just pad the numbers, Caleb? You know, because like, I want the real thing. I want an actual harvest. 
I don't want to claim effectiveness in ministry that isn't there. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying we want to be authentic in this, and I am not going to fight the harvest. The harvest will never fight me, so I'm not going to fight it. Amen? Amen. There, are, there are ripe moments ready for the picking all around you all week long, and you might be missing them because you're not looking, you're not measuring by the right things. All you got to do is sow. All you got to do is water. God will bring the increase. You'll be shocked at how many people you facilitate into an encounter with Jesus if you live that way. It's amazing. Amazing. All right. Oh, hallelujah. I have a lot more to say. Are you, all, are you okay? I'll do a little recap. The victory of the harvest belongs to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Pressure off you. It's great. We're just co-laborers in the field. Credit isn't yours. Amen? Okay, and the harvest is ready right now. It's all around you. It's ripe for the picking. You just got to see it with the right eyes. Amen? Amen? All right, I'll give you one more point because you can handle it now. <laughs> can you tell someone in the room likes this message? <laughs> <laughs> all the evangelists rejoiced. <laughs> yeah. And let me just qualify that even for you, just that, because a true evangelist wants to see other people doing the work of an evangelist more than they want to do it themselves. If they're called to be a, a true evangelist, they're here to give you opportunity. They're here to show you how to do it. They're not here to do it. Are you with me? They'll lead people to Jesus, don't worry. But the point is, they're here to help you lead people to Jesus. All right? So all these love reaches, all these opportunities, the provision room, the provision room is exploding, by the way. All right? They had like 13 families yesterday helped in the provision room. Like 300 cans of formula in a few hours were handed out. They need help. Like, if you have time during the week or you whatever you want to help on that team, email provision at trpfamily.org. They need help facilitating just people coming in and picking it up. Okay? So we're building these teams. You, that is the work of an evangelist. You can hand a formula. And you say, Jesus loves you. That's seed. That's water. And maybe you'll get a, a, a word in your heart like, hey, are you, are you going through something? Could I pray for you before you go? But you don't even have to because the harvest will never fight you. Now, those were all the happy points. Here's the intense one. Are you ready? <laughs> I just like to categorize things for you. The work of evangelism is actually an evidence of salvation. Amen. Doing the work of an evangelism is evidence of salvation. <laughs> I'll prove it to you. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Are you ready? This is Jesus. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people from one another. One from another. As shepherds. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right. But the goats on the left. This is talking about eternal life. This is talking about the great and terrible day of the Lord, y'all. This is talking about the bodily return of Jesus. There will be a separation. You understand? Okay, good. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? 
or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a, a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he'll say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you hear that? The eternal fire was not prepared for people. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of these least of these, you did not do it to me. And those and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That's difficult. <laughs> and it can get confusing because you could think that these acts make you righteous. That's not the truth. How many of you know that it's by faith alone? Faith through grace, not of your works that any man would boast, right? That's the truth. So it's not your works that get you saved. Are you ready for this? Good works don't get you saved. They're the natural works of the saved. These are the natural works of the saved. It's natural for those who have truly met the Lord, been transformed, to pour out love and kindness and, and mercy on others, to be moved with compassion towards those who are hurting around them. Evangelism is actually an evidence of salvation. And you're, you might be freaking out right now, like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm saved. No, no, no. Maybe you've been taught evangelism is one thing, and that's your paradigm you're operating from. Break that box apart, all right? Break it apart, and look at your life. Have there been those around you who needed something, and you helped them? Yeah? Did you have a, a heart level, like, I just got to help them? And the truth is, people who aren't saved can do these things, right? But the saved naturally do them. It's natural for them to do them. It's an evidence of salvation. Good works don't get you saved. They're the natural works of the saved. Amen? So I want you to notice the diversity of works here. Feeding the hungry. Sowing, watering. Quenching the thirst of those who need, in need. Literally watering. Right? Welcoming and comforting, comforting strangers who are not with the in crowd. You know, when it says welcoming strangers, it means those who aren't accepted, the misfits. Looking for those on the fringes who sit alone at lunch. Welcoming them, saying, what's your name? Who are you? Could I sit with you? That's evidence of salvation. It's doing it to the least of these. Providing clothing to those who have none. Visiting and comforting the sick. I believe that also uh, brings into account like praying for the sick, seeing them healed. It's a natural work of those who have been healed to heal. Heal people, heal people. Free people, free people, right? Just like hurt people, hurt people. Heal people, heal people. And obviously it's the Lord, but comforting the sick. How do you comfort the sick? You make them well. Hello? So anyway, that can be soup or prayer, you know, Holy Spirit, God of prayer, whatever. Seeking out the prisoner, those in bondage, bringing them love and help. 
You know, those in physical prisons, those in mental prisons, those in uh, emotional prisons. Come on. Are you seeing this? These are all the works of an evangelist. Every single one of those works of an evangelist. How many think you can do one or more of those things? Raise your hand. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, every hand should go up. Yeah. Some of you won't raise your hand no matter what I say, so it's fine. I get it. I tried the thing a few times. Like, how many won't raise your hand no matter what? Raise your hand. And they're like, they're like twitching, like, you know, I feel like I have to, but I don't want to. Anyway, these are all the works of an evangelist. So the reality is every single one of us can pray. And every single one of us who have received salvation should naturally meet the needs of those around us in whatever way we can. Like, you may not have money, but do you have time? Right? You might not have treasure, but you might have time. You know how meaningful it is to sit with someone and just listen to them? To spend an hour just listening? Not offering advice, just listening? And then just saying, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. Thanks for talking to me. And that's it. And you pray from them or you walk away and pray. One sows, one waters. God brings the, the increase. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Amen? No credit to you, hallelujah, and no pressure for you either, hallelujah. But there is a dividing coming. <laughs> there is a moment where Jesus will divide the nations. The nations, nations where there is actually people groups. So it's actually closer, should be said, like ethnicities. It's not like America, Canada, right? That's churchianity, but Christianity is ethnos, ethnic peoples, right? So all different tribes, all different tongues, he's going to say, here's the sheep, here's the goats. So there's joy in this, there's ease in this, there's grace for this, and there's urgency. Today's question is, are you actually doing the work you're called to do and expecting God to bring the harvest? Got to answer that for yourself. And if you're not doing the work he's called you to do, hey, we got a lot of opportunity. <laughs> okay. We are the resting place. We ain't the lazy place. There's a lot going on all the time. All right. You can hand out baby formula. All right. You can go on a love reach. You can get connected with Care Portal, which Abraham's going to share about a lot next week, where we're literally building beds with other people's money for people that don't have any. It's Heaven's math, it's awesome, all right? Like, we're going to break, like, $100,000 in, in social economic impact by the end of the year with just Abraham and his, like, two or three people that have been with him. And we're not even giving the money. People from all over the states give the money. It's wild. It's amazing. You can do that, right? Come on. No more of this come, you eat, you leave thing. See that, that movie, A Bug's Life? They come, they eat, they leave. The grasshoppers, no? That's what I think of every time. (laughs) Is that a regular adult thing? I'm proving my age, I guess. If the grades didn't do it, (laughs) my movie references do. (laughs) Anyway, can you do the work? Is this, are these some applicable how-tos? Yes? Are you going to pray with me? 813, 813. Come on, let one million come to know you, Lord, and use me to reach one. It's a powerful prayer. Let's stand. We're going to close. We're just going to have our prayer team come up. And if you're here 
and you've never had an encounter with Jesus, like you've never actually met him. Maybe you, you were uh, raised in church. Maybe you had, you know, Christian parents. Maybe you did the Christmas and, you know, the Christmas thing and all that stuff. Maybe certain times of the year you came or whatever, but you never had a true, like, face-to-face encounter with the Lord. Today's your opportunity. <laughs> so I just want to announce to you that there was a man named Jesus he was born of a virgin. That means no male human had anything to do with it. It was a miracle birth. Just his mama and the Holy Spirit. He was raised as a human, right? It, but it was God in the flesh, and he lived a perfect life. He never did anything wrong. Can you believe that? That's per, just that is wild in and of itself, like a human never doing anything wrong. But this was the God-man. This is the Son of God, all right? God made flesh, And he lived a perfect life, and he did that in your place so that you wouldn't have to be perfect. But not only that, he died a horrible death, paying for all of your sins so that you wouldn't have to pay for them yourself. He actually took on himself the payment that was needed. It's called the redemption price of salvation so that it can be a free gift to you, so that you can be forgiven of all your sins. How many of you understand you've done something wrong at least once in your life, yeah? All of us have. The Bible says it this way, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all have read in our ledger, but God has made a way for you to be completely wiped clean, for that to not fall on you as a form of punishment. Isn't that good news? He died on the cross on a Friday, and he stayed in the tomb till Sunday, but he rose from the dead on that third day by himself. He picked himself up from that grave. No one helped him. That's my favorite part. He said, watch this. Boom. Just stood up. I love it. He proved that he was God in the flesh, and he appeared to hundreds of people. And one scripture says 500 people. And it actually says at one time. So I wonder if it was like teleportation or what. I don't know. But God can do anything. It's pretty cool, right? He appeared to all these people proving, he even ate in front of them, proving he had raised himself from the dead. And then he ascended into heaven. That means he floated off the earth and into the spirit realm. It's crazy. Crazy. And the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of God until all of his enemies are made a footstool for him. Now let me help you. You are not his enemy. You might be at enmity with God. You might be at enmity with God in your own mind, but you are his child. The devil has fathered no one. You're either a found son and daughter or a lost son and daughter, but you're a son or a daughter nonetheless. And it's time to come home to your father. If you're here and you haven't come home and you haven't received him, this is your opportunity. You get to know your father, your creator. But he commands something, that you simply believe who he is and what he's done. If you don't believe who he is and what he's done, you can't receive what he's trying to give. If you don't believe that you're forgiven by his word and by his stripes, by his sacrifice, then you're not going to receive the forgiveness he has offered. Does that make sense? But today is the day of salvation. Now is harvest time. So I want you to just close your eyes and just ask yourself, do I truly know the Lord? Have I truly met God? Have I truly encountered Jesus? And if you're unsure, when I say amen, this prayer team is down here to receive you. Just walk. 
move your feet and say, I want to know. I want to know the Lord. I want to know I'm forgiven forever. I want to repent. I want to change the way I'm living. And I need the help of God to do it. So, Father, I ask that anyone here who doesn't know you, anyone watching online who doesn't know you, would come into a face-to-face encounter with you right now. Lord, that they would be bold and they would humble themselves to say, I need a Savior. I need help. I can't forgive myself. I've got red in my ledger, and I just heard I could be forgiven just by believing. So, Lord, by your Spirit, would you draw all men unto yourself? And, Father, I thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, if this is sowing a seed, so be it. Praise you. If this is watering, thank you, God. You bring the increase. You bring the harvest. You bring the growth, Lord. And Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters here that they would step into their own work, that they would see and step into their work of evangelism so that the world would know you are King. You are Lord of all. Father, send this house out on mission today. Send us, Lord, with a mission in our heart that the lost will be found. First and foremost, the lost will be found. Send us with that mission. Show us, Father, your desire. Give us the prophetic insight as to when to do what, when to say what, where to go, all of that. Lead us, Lord, by your Spirit. Break our heart for those who are broken around us. Come on. Pray this with me. Break my heart, Lord, when I see brokenness. Move me with compassion to those around me who are in pain. And Lord, show me how to care, how to even raise up a community of care around me. Help me to be that person that leads with care. And Father, I ask for your understanding, your insight, your wisdom to come as we open your scripture today, that your wisdom, your understanding, and insight would come, and it would lead us into all truth. Father, I thank you for this time. I'm so grateful for the four being baptized later today. And God, I just, I just announce to the, to the Tampa Bay area that millions are coming. Thousands are coming to the Lord every week in Tampa Bay. This is a prophetic declaration. We saw it. You showed it to us, Lord. And we're just agreeing with you that thousands will come to you every week in the Tampa Bay region. Thousands. Lord, unto millions. Thank you, Father. Let one million come to know you in 2024 and use me to reach one. Come on. Father, thank you for making it such good news. (laughs) Thank you for making it such a joy to share. And Lord, we bless you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Was that helpful? Yes? Okay, good. Good, good, good. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored and empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org